Blog Talk Radio. If you're new, it's not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so with bad language, bodily function, dirty talk of any kind might upset you. This may not be the show for you, but I'm glad you're here anyway. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the incredibly wicked one, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Please check out www.wickedwitchstudios for all of your witching needs. Soon to announce the September and October specials. As soon as my my mistress of all things utterly wicked tells me. All right. With me for the hour tonight, tonight, today, boy, I'm tired. I'm so sorry, is the star-spun crystal witch herself, Ciel Lucille. Hey, babe. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How have you been? Well, you know, and before we went on the air... Uh, my guests and I were talking about the fact that, you know, health has changed. Uh, I'm still dealing with a scratched cornea. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere. Nobody could really explain how it happened. But a lot of my friends are, com- um, you know, expressing concern over some things that they're dealing with now. And we're going to talk about that kind of thing during this hour. And it's basically long-haul covid after you've, you know, had COVID and there are remaining uh, problems and symptoms and and my guest today is experiencing some of that. So, yeah, tell, tell, when, first of all, let, let's talk about when you got COVID. When, when did this happen to you? Well, the first time um, was last year, um, May of 2021, uh, late April, early May of 21, um, and that is the first bout that initially kicked off all this. Um, COVID recently came through my house again about a month or two ago um, with the wow. new variant. And yeah. we have reason to suspect we were hit with it last autumn because there was exposure and symptoms, but nobody got tested because we didn't have the home kits yet. Um, so I know we've had it at least twice, um, but the initial one was last May. And um, over the winter, actually, I started to notice some very strange things, primarily um, with my feet, um, which I know kind of sounds kind of strange, um, but I was starting to experience very weird pain in my feet. And I thought, you know, I, I have scoliosis, so I'm pigeon-toed. I fell down the stairs a few years ago, so my knees messed up. So I, I was like, well, I've probably just been walking funny it'll resolve, you know, it's yeah. just probably one of the many things. I have arthritis, it's a whole thing. So I guess probably it was yeah, one of the so. shitty things my body already does. So I kind of just let it off and then it just got worse and, and persisted. And um, I was noticing lo- loss of feeling in my toes, pain and inflammation, like nerve pain. Um, wow. 
I started really not being able to walk well. Um, I almost fell in public a couple of times because out of nowhere my leg just gave out on me. Um, I would start to notice as I was walking, like I wouldn't be able to feel my feet. And it would, you know, so it just kind of started to progress. Um, come to find out that that is actually one of the, the big issues that people are experiencing with long-haul COVID syndrome is neuropathy and nerve damage of the hands and feet. And I realized that my I'd been experiencing more numbness in my hands as well that I had kind of not really paid attention to because I was just focused on not being able to walk well. Um, sure. But that and is that one of the, the... I mean, that must have so that this must okay. So you had COVID. You you thought you had gotten over COVID, um, because you know a lot of us don't really have firsthand experience with it as far as it being in our own bodies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you start experiencing these odd symptoms, and and you know I've heard now since you I've heard everything from foot and and hand numbness to complete loss of sense of smell or taste Mm -hmm. for like seven, eight months. So there's a whole gamut of things that seem to be going on. Like I have excessive, like I am always Mm -hmm. Uh, That's the other biggie. Um, I never, never got past that. The fatigue never went away. Um, And depending on the day and the weather, it can get exponentially worse. I mean, you know, just like anything else, I have good days and bad days. Um, but the feet, the fatigue is just a bitch. It never went away. And there are just days when it's literally all I can do to get through my day at work. And I sit at a desk, but what I do is very stressful. And by the end of the day, sometimes I literally just go and collapse on my bed for an hour before I have to get up and then do the things that I need to do for my pets and, and to maintain my household and such. But um, there are many days when the very first thing I log out and I just kind of collapse on my bed. Yeah. You know, and interestingly enough, I was never diagnosed as having COVID. However, in 2019, um, there was this weird um sickness that went through my office, not through my home, but through my office, and I think it was probably the precursor to COVID, but like everyone who I work with, people who never get sick, were coming down terribly ill for like a week, bedridden. Um, As a matter of fact, my boss had it badly. He was out of work for a week and a half. At the point that I got sick, he had returned, and he said, I want you to go to, because he was basically throwing me out of my office, and he said, I want you to go to CVS, and he gave me a list of things to ask for, and he said, do not go home without these things, and one of it, one of them was reafenacin and, like, these different types of cold medications, and he sent me home. And when I got home, I was in the bed for a good three to four days, as far as I can remember. Um, And then the following March is when COVID really hit. But, I mean, this wave of really bad sick, can't keep our heads up, have to lay down, all of these different things, 
hit all of us in a very, just very strangely. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that was perhaps just an early version. But I've noticed over time, and I don't, having not been diagnosed with COVID and having not caught it um, since uh, it officially became a thing in this country, I'm not sure if I'm just old because I'm 60 <laughs> years old and, you know, well, I mean, right. it's something to consider when you hit certain ages, well, yeah. you know, your, your, your energy levels do change as much as the rest of your entire body, which is not fun. But anyway, um, better here than gone. Um, but, you know, I found it interesting that we all, like, have, this one lingering thing, like he gets, he's more easily aggravated, I'm more tired, um, somebody else had, had a different issue with headaches, um, and it's just a strange thing, because we all had this one thing happen to us that was not identified. So I'm just wondering, because, you know, you start to get concerned, like, is there something really right. wrong that I need to go to a doctor and get, you know, scanned or checked out or whatever? Um, so, yeah, I think the fact that folks are perhaps not aware of the fact that it's not, there's not just a standard list of, of symptoms uh, for long-haul COVID. It's, it's still information, I think, that's developing. And I Yeah, mean, it very much is. Right, and I'm also concerned because, and listen, I understand people wanting to quote-unquote get back to regular life, but the fact of the matter is precautions still need to be taken because people are still getting sick, like you just said recently. So I'm concerned about that. Are you finding people in your area are just like, masks off, we're done, let's go, woo! Oh, yeah, no, they they couldn't give a fuck here. Ohio was one of the top three non-compliant states during actual lockdown. Um, they, they could give a fuck here. They're just mask off, parties, gatherings, don't give a fuck. They're just wiling out, don't care, out there, maskless, horde plague rats, don't give a fuck. Um, it's, it's been a bit of an issue for me, actually, I have to be honest. Um, yeah. I have a lot of, what you know, I have a lot of anger issues surrounding the whole COVID thing and people's lack of give a fuck because when I got sick, we were more than a year into the pandemic. We should have been on our way out of the pandemic. If people had done what needed to be done, if they had sheltered in place, masked up, done everything that needed to be done, we'd have been out of it. We'd have been done. We'd have been back to normal life. That's the bitch of all this is we could have been back to normal life within the year. People had just shut the fuck up and listen to the science. But no, they could not be pressed to do all that. They had to get their haircuts and, you know, go to the fucking restaurant and do all their bullshit that they feel is so fucking vital to their lives. And now here we are. It's three years into the pandemic and people are still dying. And more beyond that, you know, people want to say, well, we're surviving. People aren't dying as much, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's great. But Going back to the long-haul COVID, they're not thinking about the long-term effects of what this disease can do, and they are just barely starting to scratch the surface of how long-haul COVID works, what it even is, because the symptoms are varied. They 
neuropathy is one of the big ones, but there's also joint pain, inflammation. It's causing depression and anxiety in some people. It's causing so many things. I spoke to, I, I've, I've mentioned on the show previously, I support medical research. I recruited for all of the COVID vaccine trials. Um, you know, so I, I tend to get, I hear about the research a little bit earlier. Um, and I have spoken to a woman who developed type 1 diabetes as a result of having COVID. You don't develop type 1 diabetes in your 60s. That develops when you're a child. You develop type 2 in your 60s if, you know, all you eat is garbage. But right. you don't develop type 1. That is, that, is a pan- that is an insulin disorder that develops in your childhood. Well, until you yeah. get COVID for some people, apparently. Um, that's an autoimmune disorder. It's a life-altering autoimmune disorder that she would never have gotten if she had not contracted COVID. And that's just science. There's the, You don't get type 1 in your, in your 70s unless something triggers it. Um, it's it's just caused a, so much lasting trouble. Oh, yeah. And sure. I'm sorry. I don't, I, I don't mean to speak over you. Um I just I have opinions about this topic. No, please. <laughs> um, and you know, I want you to express them. It's important. Yeah, and it, and I look at like the 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 schools, like the elementary schools, and like, well, the children, they're you know, they're getting over it. It's fine. You know, they're not whatever, but they're not thinking about the long term effects of reinfecting their children repeatedly with this disease. In twenty years, we're going to have a generation of disabled adults. And they're not thinking about that. These children are going to develop diseases that they never would have had, possibly life-threatening, possibly mobility-threatening, like in my case. You know, it could, like I said, generation of disabled adults, and what are we going to do then? Good question. You know, what then? I don't think people are thinking about it. You know, the problem is it, it goes back to, and this is something that's really been fucking bothering me lately, I wish people would stop fucking pretending that they care about other people because they fucking obviously don't. I mean, right? Just say you're a fucking prick and go about your day. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not even that you have to say you're a prick. We already know. Um, Right. The fact of the matter is, it astounds me how people are like, "All I want is peace, and for everyone to be okay, and for everyone to be happy." No, you know, you want the world to be no, on you your don't. fucking terms. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like you want everything on your terms, and you don't quite give a shit if everybody's happy. And that's the genuine fact of it. I mean, the idea of selfish, selflessness that we used to aspire to back in the grand old days of, like, the late 1900s, um, you know, that's gone out the fucking window. And I guess it's just been an evolutionary process because at one point you might be too young to remember the me generation, how that was a big deal. Um, but there was this one generation, I can't remember which one it is officially, but there was this me generation where it was about me and self and and non-functioning. And, and lately now... You know, when I watch these news stories about, you know, people going off the rails emotionally, it seems to be that a generation after mine that were helicopter parents and everyone had to get a trophy and, you know, life had to be fair for every child really set people up for failure. 
um, and in a really horrible way. But the whole me situation about the, everyone being unique and special, that's true to a certain point. But my special ends at my nose, you know. My right. special doesn't mean I'm special to your ass because you should be special to you. And there's nothing right. wrong with that. But when you start impeding other people's rights because of your special death, that's a problem. And I'm, I'm right. saying that the thing that was supposed to make people feel good about themselves maybe went a little too fucking far and because all of a sudden when a real – when the country needed to fucking pull together and people needed to pull together and do everything they could to protect each other, whether it was getting vaccinated. Okay, there are some people who can't be. I understand that, but at least wear a mask. Do the things you can do to protect others. Maybe you can't do every single thing. Maybe you have a breathing situation. So you have to limit your exposure to people. I mean, there are things that stop people from doing things that other people do. I understand that. But the fact is those people didn't want to do everything they could to minimize risk to themselves and others because all of a sudden the, the Republicans decided we have to make this about rights and, you know, don't tell me I, I, I have to get a vaccine. Well, we tell you when you're a child, why shouldn't we tell you now? It's just amazing right. to me how... They're acting like mandated vaccines are the most yeah. unheard of thing ever. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? We've literally required them in certain, many instances for decades. Yep. Absolutely. You wouldn't let your child Like go the to big old fuss up at the Canadian border, the Freedom Convoy. We don't want to get vaccines to enter another country. It's literally required like i have a friend who went to africa she had to get a bunch of fucking vaccines before they let her in this is not news this get the fuck over yourselves like shut up like it just drives me crazy oh i know i i feel the same way and that goes and for me that goes back to the whole oh well i care about people and you know i i care about humanitarian uh ventures and things like that, I'm finding that to be more and more of a lie every time I look right. at you know. And now, you know, there's there's a there's a, a pagan festival going on or was just going on, actually it could still be going on, and, and the Christian right has shown up to harass okay. people. And they are they're being allowed to do that. But what do you want to think would happen if we went to a church to give them the same kind of treatment they're giving us? Um, oh yeah. So the the war on on non Judeo Christians is a bigger deal than people are paying attention to, and it's getting extreme, and it's getting you know. Listen, I I'm in public. People know who I am. I take a big risk, but I'm also old and don't give a shit. Like, you right. know, just to be completely pragmatic, my kids are fucking adults. They don't need their mommy, as it were. So if I get off for whatever reason, yeah, I know the people who love me will be sad, but it's not like, oh, how will they go on? They'll go on. They'll be fine right. eventually, you know. But as a when I was a young mother, 
it was a cause for concern. You know, I remember telling my kids, you know, you don't want to necessarily tell them what mom does at home because uh, most of the people you go to school with are not going to agree with that. And uh, right. it just happened that one day my kid came home from school and told his little friend that mom was a witch. And little friend, I said, what'd your little friend say? And he says, she said, my mom is too. So that gave me a, a little bit of comfort. So I wasn't terrified, <laughs> but you just don't know, you know. And right. the way hate, hate has been, gosh, in this country, hate is almost celebrated now. And it is. It absolutely is, as long as you hate what they consider the right people. Yeah, but everyone's going to wind up being the right people because groups have this way of eliminating each other until there's only a couple of people left. And guess what? The person who starts the hate in the first place usually doesn't survive it. <laughs> right. So I'm just, I mean, I'm not saying that everyone has to go hippy-dippy like they did in my day. You know, I miss that. I miss the idea that people really cared about each other and, you know, did things to try to stop pain from continuing. But, you know, just don't cause more harm. You don't want to help. Okay, don't fucking hurt. Get out of the way of the people who do want to help. You know, but I, I'm sorry, right. I have gone off on a real fucking tangent there, didn't I? That's okay. <laughs> I just think it's all related, and I think the fact that that and you know, listen, it's not that everybody was full of peace and love before Trump, but Trump made it okay to hate in a big he way. He made yeah. He made it okay to be really blatant about how much you hate people who are different from you. Because I, I, I don't think that these people magically became racist, right. bigot, sexist assholes. They were always that way. He made it okay to just be out and proud about it. And they're having a real hard time with the fact that he's not the president anymore and we need them to stop. <laughs> yeah. Because I honestly don't right. care what they think. If their religion says homosexuality is wrong, it actually doesn't anywhere, but whatever. If they think right. that that's what it's saying, I give a fuck. Like, at the end of the day, I honestly don't care what people think. As long as they only attempt to apply the mandates of their path to their life, I don't care. They can have whatever opinion they want. It's when they take that opinion and they try to make it a law for myself or someone else that I begin to have a fucking issue. Right. I don't really so, like being told what to do. Yeah, I have a, I have a problem with being told what to do. I always have. Um, I still don't like it. As a matter of fact, I like it less now. And yeah, no, it, know, I'm, it's just getting worse the older I get. It it will, and it will continue to get worse for you than it is now because the more time goes by and the more things they take away, the more time we have to be outraged over fewer rights, which I find horrifying. You know, and, and I've said this before, I'll never need another abortion. It ain't going to happen. But the fact of the matter right. is I care, I care about access. I care about the ability of other people to have the same rights that I had. I don't know, maybe it's a Libra thing and it's a justice thing, but it pisses me off that I can't do anything by myself to change it. 
but I, the idea, you know, that this is just the beginning of rights being taken from, from people really fucking scares me. Really scares me. No, it, rightfully so. Um, you know, maybe it is a Libra thing, I don't know, but, but prior to moving to Ohio, I spent almost a decade in women's reproductive health. I worked at the Planned Parenthood in Boston, Massachusetts for about eight years. And prior to that, I was, um, I worked at a private, uh, privately doctor owned abortion clinic in Washington state. Um, so I spent a long yeah. time in women's reproductive health care, you know, pushing my way through protesters every day to get to my job, which really upset some of the people that worked there. I don't know what's wrong with me. It never really bothered me. It just, gave me more impetus to do my job actually um yeah and I used to say horrible things to them and it really amused me but um we weren't supposed to we weren't supposed to engage them so I would look straight ahead and just speak because the cameras only had visual not audio so I would say horrible things to them um but they photographed me they photographed my car they threw holy water on me um you know, they they really tried to make it hard to get to my job, you know, so I spent a long time fighting for reproductive rights and in that field, and I was very proud of the work I did in that field. The only reason I didn't continue in that field when I moved to Ohio is because Ohio is a fucking red state, and there wasn't really a job opportunity that could support me in this area. The local Planned Parenthoods only pay their nurses full-time because that's the only thing they can afford, so... Um, I just didn't have the opportunity to, or else I absolutely would gladly have done so. So when they overturned Roe v. Wade, that was very distressing for me. And I like, I don't know, I, all women should take it personally, but I took it personally. Um, and I, yeah. like you, am not ever going to need to have access to that. I had myself voluntarily sterilized when I was 30 years old, and I am 45 and have been postmenopausal since before I was 40. So there is like double chance that I am never going to fucking get pregnant. But that doesn't matter because this is vital health care that people who are capable of becoming pregnant need access to. And I spent 10 years of my life fighting for that access. And there are people who have been fighting even longer. And in just five fucking seconds, some douchebag with a pen took all of that away. I've got anger. Yeah. What can I, I've got a, I've got anger. Oh, me too. I mean, you know, the Trump appointed Supreme court got the majority. Right and did exactly what they promised they would not do when they were being uh, spoken to uh, during the hearing, you know, because you have to go through hearings to become a Supreme Court judge. You have to go in front of Congress for folks who don't know. Um, and, and these people were asked their opinion on settled law and agreed that Roe v. Wade was settled law. And it was settled Right, law. so they should be in jail they, as far as I'm concerned. They should because they, they lied on their job application, so to speak. And, you know, listen, I'm all for people wanting to choose to and wanting to choose not to. That is your right as an individual. I'm not here to tell you that you have to get an abortion. However, no, you oh, no. have no right to tell me or anybody that I care about that they cannot get an abortion because my life does not affect you. If you, exactly. if, you know, if, if you meet these fucking people and you say hello to them on the street and they tell you don't, don't hurt your baby and it's like you won't remember this 
fucking conversation in a week. So who are you bullshitting? My, my, right. my anger with them is that they are trying to save their own souls on the back of people that, they, that owe them nothing. I owe no Christian anything. I have a Christian. Right. I have, a, I have a, a Republican Pentecostal preacher as my mother, and I do not owe her a goddamn thing. Period. Period. Right. I owe her. I owe her respect during a phone call, but you know what? The moment she disrespects me is when the phone gets hung up, and we have done this dance a million times. Now, we are currently speaking again, but the minute she opens her mouth about this, the phone will get hung up, and it'll be another year before we speak, I can promise you. Right. Because it's happened before. One of the things that, like, stuck with me from my time at the clinic in Washington that, like, absolutely drove me crazy, and, of course, you have to be a professional and keep your mouth shut, but um, we were a small clinic, so... There was a, a doctor and a nurse because that's what's required. And then the rest of us were just clinic assistants working under the doctor's authority. Um, right. On the weekdays, I uh, managed the recovery room because it was all first try procedure. No one was getting anesthesia or anything. Um, so I'd be in there getting their blood pressure, helping you know, with, you know, teaching them how to massage their uterus for the cramps, you know, making sure they were going to be stable and yada, yada. Um, the bitches, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this because if this comes out of your mouth, you'll fucking bitch. The bitches who would sit there and look me dead ass in the eye and be like, I don't actually agree or believe in abortion, but I didn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, didn't you? Didn't you, bitch? Did you not have a choice? Well, where are all the motherfuckers on the street promising they're going to adopt your baby? Where was your fucking choice then? Like, that pissed me the fuck off. Like, it used to drive me crazy. I'd just be like, really, bitch? Really, bitch? You get to make this decision because people like me fought for you to be able to make this decision. But come next fucking week, your trifling ass is going to be back out on the street with your goddamn picket sign talking about you don't believe in abortion. Fuck right off with all that bullshit. Fuck right off. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree I with you. Anger. I can't believe people have... <laughs> I, can't, I have anger, too. I can't believe people had the fucking nerve to request the service and protest against it in the next breath. Right. More it's than one. Abortion. I don't believe in abortion, but I didn't have a choice. Bitch, why are you special? You are, you're not special. Yeah. And you do have a choice. Yeah. That's why you're fucking here. Right? It's yeah. literally you're the point. You have a choice you. because you're here. Like, obviously. I just wanted to, like, grab them and shake them and be like, what the fuck up? But I couldn't. I just had to smile and do my fucking job and be like, oh, that's great. It's great. It's awesome. And if they don't think that we see them and their bullshit and their, you know, hypocritical ways, this is why people stop being Christian, because they see the hypocrisy and the liars for what they are. I was raised by these people. These people will say anything and they will do anything. Basically, it's just a performance art to look good in front of other people because oh, absolutely. No knows what, nobody knows what God or God or goddesses or God entities will do once we're dead. This is all, you know, religion right. is an idea 
that we might actually, that something might love us unconditionally and that something better might be on the other side of this life. And that's all religion is, as far as I can tell, uh, for, for the Judeo-Christians. It's the idea of I can fuck up because I'm going to get, because you've taught me I'm going to get forgiven. So as long as I'm doing what the head Christian dude says to do, and it's not even based on religion. That's just based on, now it's based on uh, politics, thanks to people like um, Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson, who, who oh God. shoved it into everybody's brain that God cares about politics. God don't give a right. fuck about politics. Yeah, the only time God, God cared about God politics is. is when he sent Jesus to shut down the banks and, like, punish the, the the bankers and the money lenders. That's the only time he cared was to yeah. like talk shit about the people who were trying to claim he cared. <laughs> Basically. And it's gonna happen that way again, I'm sure. I mean and that's if you even believe in any of that. And part of me, you know, I listen, I've read the Bible ad nauseum. I studied it in college as as literature. I again I was raised by Pentecost, so the Bible was pretty much shoved into my hands every five seconds so that when I became the age of reason, I, I put the Bible down and said, yeah, nah, it ain't happening. And, you know, right. I, I caught a lot of heat from my family because, you know, when it came time to have children, uh, which I did, because um, I was told I was supposed to, just FYI. And I loved them dearly, but I would never do it again, as I've said many times. But the question came up, well, how are you going to raise them? I'm going to raise them like people. That's what I'm going to do. No, but aren't you going to bring them up in church? And I was like, uh, no. As far as I was concerned, religion is as personal as my bra size, and you don't need to know either. Sure. Right. People get to pick, you know. It's like, no, no, no. I, I, I will pick my car. I will pick my religion, and my kids will do the same. And that's it. They were raised knowing that their mother you know, didn't do the typical things, and if they were interested, they were invited to stay, and if they weren't interested, they were not forced to do anything. I never dragged them into a circle, although former coven mates will tell you that when my children were babies, we used to hold them in circle and dedicate them to the goddess and do all the things that we do, you know. Right. And and I think it makes them well-adjusted adults to know that they were welcome to find their own path. Sure. You know, so it just aggravates the fuck out of me when people are so hypocritical because if you've ever been uh, related to a church member, if you've ever, you know, if you're a preacher's kid, you know what I'm talking And There's a lot of fucking reformed preacher's kids out there like me who, you know, and I mean, my mother started off as a witch, and then went to Christianity because my father... Oh, Lord. Lord, the witch to Christian converts. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't care. If they find find their truth in Christianity and want to go back to... Fine, I don't care. I don't don't give a fuck. It's just... There's a particular breed of, like, witch to Christian convert. They tend to... They just... I don't mean to paint everybody with a broad stroke and generalize and blah, 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 but... Stereotypes are stereotyped for a reason sometimes, and those yeah. witch to Christian converts, they, they 
go fucking hard when they go back to the church. They're yeah. just all fucking in, ten toes down, just bam, and they and that's it. And they're like laser focused, and it's just the weirdest thing. It is. It really is. And my mother turned into a person I didn't even recognize anymore. And quite frankly, she's 82 right now, and she's still just as fiery about it as she was when I was a teenager, you know, about how – And but my mother was never the one who preached hell and damnation until my father died. See, I thought when my father died, I would get my mother back and that she would revert back to the human being that she was, that I knew and loved, who was like a friend to me. But, oh, no, no, that person apparently died when he died. Well, actually, died before he died because, yeah, man, she – You listen, my theory is is that even when you know you, you fucked up, when you have invested – 20 years, 30 years, 35 years, 40 years, in being wrong, it is still motherfucking hard to go back and say you were wrong for decades. It is. I guess. It is. Even after just 10 years, it's hard. Right? So I I get the idea that she she can't go back to the way she was now because her entire life for the past, boy, 40, 50 or so, um, has been dedicated to this thing that she never fucking believed in and didn't care to believe in and had no interest in believing in. My mother was dragged around by whatever my father said, which is unfortunate, which is another reason why I am such a fucking hard ass in relationships. Because the minute I think someone is trying to even exercise the slightest bit of control over me, I'm like, ah, fuck you. We're gonna have we're gonna have words, and then we're gonna have a war. You know what I mean? Basically, it's gonna go down fun. Yeah, it's like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> that ain't happening. So it's you know, it's obviously impacted my life. It's obviously impacted your life. You know, we've seen what happens when people try to control each other. You know, me especially close up in my life. And it's it's not good, and it's all bullshit and unnecessary. There are, There's no reason why anybody should be allowed to control anybody else, except if it is illegal or they are hurting someone. Now, the idea of somebody hurting themselves by choice as a fully cognizant adult in, in control of their faculties, I don't have a problem with that. You want to off your right. phone, go. Go ahead. Right. That's that's you. Yeah. It is your sovereign right to make the final decisions over your body. And if you and all your faculties no longer wish to be of this world, I don't feel I have the right to stop you. If you are not in your faculties, if it's mental illness, and I know that, and there is a chance that you don't actually want this, I might get involved. (laughs) Right, in fact, I probably would get involved because about. I'm that person. But right, but that's but see, that's something different. You're not trying to strip somebody of their rights. If somebody is in in that much pain, and I have known people who have been in all kinds of pain, who have been like, I just want this to end. But like the next day, they're like, Oh, I'm having a good day today. I mean, 
hear what they're saying, you know, but I'm talking about people who are just so fucking right. miserable with life and they just can't get through another day. It is your, as you said, it is your sovereign right. Well, all choices, life and death and health care should be a person's sovereign right, and that's not the case anymore. And that's what fucking scares me because it's not just women. It's women, it's uterine people, it's people who could lose their lives uh, if they're pregnant, and there are people that that happens to. Um, a lot of the times it's dangerous because kidneys shut down, you can go blind. I've had, I, I know people this has happened to. Um, there's a whole host of things. And a person's right to want to live, I think, should supersede a bunch of cells that cannot sustain life on their own. Period. It absolutely should. It absolutely should. And I get so tired, especially, I mean, because, and that's another thing that the, the pandemic has really drawn the veil back on is, the section of our community, of the spiritual community, the witch, pagan, the supposedly open, enlightened ones, whatever they want to fucking call themselves, um, it has been startling how many of them are anti-science and have been, you know, anti-vax, anti-science, you know, anti-lockdown, all of that. And it's it's been really startling to see how many of them are just, they just have like these really far right opinions. And I'm just like, where the fuck did you come from? Um, yeah. It, it's really been very startling for me to see that. And I'm seeing a lot of it in the women's reproductive area as well, or, or the, anyone who can become pregnant. Um, not quite as prevalently because, you know, there's a lot of women in this community, but more than I was expecting, um, and it's it's just very narrow. It, the, the, this mindset when they try to hit you with, well, what if your mother had aborted you? Would you? I don't give a fuck. Please, someone go back in time. Tell her to get that party started. All right. I tried to kill myself on the way out, so I don't really know what that question is supposed to be about. But um, it's also just to me, it's a very right. narrow mindset, you know well, what if your mother had aborted you? Well, then my spirit would have moved on to the next incarnation. It's it's it's, it's just so very narrow. That it's very linear. This life is it. This is all you have. That Your energy is finite, begins and ends with this existence. And it really doesn't. If my mother had had an abortion, I my, uh, the energy that made up me would have returned to the universe. That's, that's it. It's not this big fucking crisis that everybody tried. Well, what if she had aborted you? Well, what if she fucking had... Like, okay, so what if she fucking had? Big whoop. I wouldn't know it. So <laughs> it's not really right. the if, argument they think it is. It's, it's a stupid it's a stupid reach because there's nothing else for them to say. The fact of the matter is, is that if you're never born, you're not cognizant of the fact that you were never born, you fucking moron. Right. If, if I'm never going to know it. aborted me... <laughs> Right. Well, if my mother had aborted me, that would mean my ass wouldn't be standing here getting aggravated over your bullshit. So maybe right. it would have been a good idea. Sorry, just right. I mean, really, not the argument they think it is. It's not, especially for those of us who have also experienced abuse, because 
for me, it's like, well, if I hadn't been born, my mother wouldn't have married my father in the first place, and maybe she would have gone on to have a very successful life instead of the fucking miserable shit she's had to deal with even after his passing. So, you know what I mean? It's like this is a non-starter for an argument and pointless. So, you know, they come up with these ridiculous things. You know, they love to carry things too far. I I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's like here in North Carolina, for example. I'm from New York, and we moved down here many, many years ago. But the fact of the matter is, a number of years ago, there was a bathroom built. It was very famous. It was about not letting trans folks have access to their chosen bathroom. And I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they went through this whole fucking argument of, well, child molesters could be could be walking in in a dress and take advantage of your daughter or vice versa in the men's room, whatever it is. And it's like, have you ever met a trans person in your life with this fucking stupid argument? Do you realize right. that most abusers in this regard, most pedophiles, happen to be male? You know, white male. If you do the fucking right. study, just by the way, people that look a lot like you, sir, just by the way. Right. You know, it, and it's, 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 it's bold of them to assume that a male predator is only going to go after female children when they statistically very often choose the boys. Right. But the idea so you're, that you're like, you're not worried that, about your boys, are you? Like, you're right, worried about your boys your being in the bathroom with another man? And, you know, if they had a brain in their heads, first of all, you don't let children go anywhere unattended if you give a fuck about them to begin with. Well, there's that. That's the, that's the first argument. The first argument is right. that your entire argument is built on bullshit. Okay? I don't have to make shit safe for your baby. Okay? Personally, I have to make shit safe for me and my baby. And the way I have done that is by accompanying my baby to a bathroom when they were too young to go by themselves, and an adult male would go with them from my family when they were too old to be in in an appropriate bathroom with, you know, they couldn't go in with me. So, I mean, either that, listen, the first few years of my children's lives, we didn't fucking go anywhere because children are noisy in restaurants and movie theaters, and it's not their fault. They're children. They don't have a lot of patience. They have a completely fucking different agenda, as they should, because they're kids. So right, they're children. People, exactly. So show people, if you care about respect, oh, you know, your kid is so noisy. Listen, I knew my kids were noisy. That's why my kids stayed the fuck home, until they could sit quietly at a dinner table in public. You know, the idea that I need to be taken out and the rest of you have to suffer with my two screaming kids is bullshit. I understand sometimes you have no other option if you're going to go somewhere but to take your kids. Then maybe you should reconsider whether or not you actually need to go out. Because I couldn't afford a babysitter, so I didn't go anywhere. And guess what? These children were raised and learned how to sit quietly at a table and behave like little adults quite well, quite easily, so that, yes, 
at four and five or four and six, uh, they could be taken out because they did understand respect for others. And they did understand sitting quietly at a table because we practiced at home. Just the entitlement of people to interrupt the lives of others for their own gratification, is just, it, it starts so simply and it reaches into things like women's reproductive rights. It's a trajectory. Right. I'm astounded, you know. <laughs> I, I, you want to talk about anger? I have anger. Right. I no, I anger. I get it. Oh, well, I have a lot of anger. Yeah. yeah. I'm I basically uh, run on spite. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I'm a machine of rage, uh, fueled by caffeine, <laughs> and too many years <laughs> of being told that I wasn't as good as everyone else. So, yeah. I was going to say caffeine and spite are my fuel. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, basically. And there's nothing wrong with that, to be honest with you, because I think we're out there trying to keep other people honest because the things they say they they believe in, we fucking know they really don't. Right. They don't. You know, this generosity of spirit fits a very narrow window for these people. It's got to be there. That's why the idea that there's things like just Christian services and we don't have more pagan services or non or non Judeo Christian services. You know, I mean, I'm lucky enough to know folks in Asheville who have a pantry that they feed folks from, and they're not Christian, <laughs> and they're not you know right. Jewish. They are they are pagans, you know, and there is pagan outreach out there. But there's got to be more of it. You know, we do a lot of talking about building a community. And listen, I fucking love community when it works. But most of the time, the sad truth is it doesn't. It doesn't. It's hard. It's it's hard to get people motivated, even in a community like ours that pays a whole lot of lip service to the idea of we're all connected. Uh, you know, we we all have to rely on each other. We all have to take care of each other, you know, we're all a web, we're all Bob tapestry, melting pot, yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, people from the pagan witch community, they, like I said, they love to espouse this idea of a community where everyone takes care of each other and we just live off the land and blah, blah, blah. But it's like herding fucking cats to get these motherfuckers to get off their ass and do anything. And I don't know if that's just a phenomenon from my area or if it's something that happens yeah. everywhere, but Pre-pandemic, my my group used to <clears throat> excuse me used to offer public rights and for all the Sabbaths and um, you know they were never huge like 50 people but they were fairly well attended usually anywhere between um, 20 to 30 people depending um, or 10 to 10 to 30 depending um, usually the the Around around a dozen and a half or so um, was average, um, but we we had some fairly good turnout. We were one of the only groups in the area that offered public rights. I mean, there, there's a couple other groups who have here and there, but we were the only ones doing so consistently. Every Sabbath, we were there. We were offering a public right, um, and as part of that, one of our our goals as a group was to 
offer aid to the community, to find ways to aid the community. And as part of these public rights, we used to attempt to resource fund um, for local charities, you know, we, you know, we would take turns picking one and, you know, we might, one of our big ones was helping to support the local animal charities because Ohio is a red fucking state and people don't take care of their animals here. Um, right. And our shelters are just so burdened. Um, so we would spend a lot of time trying to like, you know, resource fund for them. And as part of our public rights, we would make a big do out of, you know, this is the local shelter we're supporting this, you know, seasonal cycle. Um, you know, we would ask for people to bring donations, even if it was just a can or two of, you know, wet cat food or dry, a bag of dry food. And, you know, we would talk about the things that this, this this shelter needed. And, you know, if you can't come to the right but you want to donate, let us know. We will come pick it up. You know, we went out of our way to be as accommodating as possible. Like, we'll come pick it up. We'll meet you in public. You know, if you can't come, whatever. Um, I think the most we got was, like, a couple cans and a bag. Wow. Yeah. And it's, you know, so it was like, well, okay, you know, we we continued to try, you know, <laughs> we we kept at it, you know, we would raise, there's um a local women's shelter we would often raise, you know, attempt to raise funds for or or resources for when, you know, they, you know, needed children's items or, you know, items for women or or what have you. Um we would you know, we would continue to do it. We would keep trying. We would, you know, put up collection areas in local businesses that would help us, like the local witchy store um, volunteered to be a collection point. Um, the place where I used to go to belly dance class pre-pandemic, you know, they offered that kind of thing. Um, and it was it was like screaming into the wind just to get anyone to be like, oh, yeah, I got this, you know, can of cat food that my cat won't eat. Here, come get it. People just give up on it. They just give up. I mean, I don't know what it is. You know, you, you you give people the opportunity to make themselves feel better by giving back. And it's like everything fell by the wayside. You know, it just really, for me, brought home the lack of humanity a lot of us wound up having during this whole pandemic to bring it back to that. You know, yeah. in order to... In order to take care, if you really care about people, you do everything you can to protect yourself and them. You know, again, vaccinations if you can, but at least masking if you can't, you know? Right. Keeping a distance like we were all fucking taught. And it astounds me that people are still getting sick, and now it is so out of the public discourse that no one is discussing it anymore. Not really. No one's talking about barriers right. anymore. It gets announced on TV, and it's just like they said, oh, the rate of colds has gone up. I mean, it might as well be the same thing for all of the attention that is being paid to it. Right, and the new variant isn't even showing up consistently on the home test. They've even come out and said, hey, be careful. The new variant isn't showing up consistently. If you have symptoms, you should probably go to a lab and get tested. No one's paying attention to that. No one cares. Um, Long-haul COVID is not being taken seriously. I I don't have insurance, so I often tend to deal with a lot of my medical stuff on my own. I do have a very, you know, minor medical background, so I can usually figure stuff out. Um, to to a degree, of course, um, 
but you know, the issues with my feet got bad enough that I sucked it up. I went to what I call, you know, went to the local poor people clinic, you know, where they, you know, do the sliding scale and let you make payments and do all that. Um, you know, we ran all the blood work to rule out any new funky autoimmune or weirdness. And it's kind of like boiled down to, I was very dismissed when the idea of long haul COVID was brought up. Um, it was very, well, yeah, that's, that's probably it. Come back in three months. We'll check your blood work. And because I don't have insurance, there's really not much else they can do for me because they, you know, for neuropathy issues with your feet, all the medications for that are considered controlled substances. Um, so you have to jump through a million medical hoops to get them and would require a referral to an offsite facility to do the nerve testing and all that, which isn't really an option because I kind of have to go to the poor people clinic, you know, like, and, and, and no shade to people who have to do that. I, I am one of them, you know, um, I just have a very sarcastic sense of humor, so I have a way of doing that. But, um, you know, I, I am very much one of them. I, too, am, am at the Poor People Clinic because my, my employment doesn't offer insurance. And, like, thousands of other people, that's just what you have to do. Um, but their resources are limited. If you need a specialist and you have to be referred off-site, you can find a way to pay out of pocket, which, good God, no. Like, an aspirin would bankrupt me. Um, yeah. Or you just suck it up and try and figure it out on your own. And that's kind of, I've been kind of like, well, figure it out. Um, I tried to, you know, tell my chiropractor what they said. And within five minutes, he attempted to turn it around and blame it on my vaccine and spent 10 minutes attempting to gaslight me into believing that it couldn't possibly be long haul COVID because he's never heard of it causing neuropathy. Uh I was like, um, I can give you the research study case numbers. You can go to clinicaltrials.gov and read the research. And I try not to be an arrogant bitch, but when someone comes to me, I was like, excuse me, but I support the research for all of this. I pulled the research files before I ever went to the doctor to make sure that I wasn't wasting time and money. I, I pulled those research files and read all about it. So kindly fuck off and quit trying to gaslight me into thinking it was the vaccine that actually saved my life. So, cause I absolutely believe the vaccine saved my life. I got the vaccine three days into being sick. Cause I didn't know I was sick yet. And right. I just thought it was my allergies. And I, I fully believe if I had not gotten that vaccine, Oh, I, I don't think, I think it saved my life. I am here because I got that vaccine and it kicked my immune system into gear because there were some very rough nights when I was sick. You know, I don't talk about it a lot because I have a little bit of medical PTSD from it. You know, a lot of people don't talk about that. The fact that you lay there at night afraid to go to sleep because you might not wake up, it fucks with you. Um, yeah. You know, you carry that with you. You have to, like, deal with that down the road. So it, it's not just messing with you physically. Like, this is a very real disease that is very rightfully scary it has killed millions of people at this point and life alteringly affected other people so it's it is very scary and people are treating it like it's absolutely nothing like it's the flu people people die from the flu yeah like 50 people a year die from the flu and they usually have comorbid conditions so miss me with that shit right right I, I just I hope people who are listening realize that this is still a thing, and it's still a thing we have to care about. You know, I mean, it's 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 hard, but we can't pretend it's not happening. You know, uh, I right. wish people gave more of a shit about it. You know, 
And it's it, and it's I know. inevitably, inevitably, people start to care when it happens to them only. And it's right. very, it's a sad indictment on our society that that's that's what motivates people. If it affects them, then then that's what it is. But wow, we have just talked through an entire hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, we never got around to talking about agates. <laughs> I know. Oh, right. We were supposed to talk. Well, I guess you're just going to have to come back so we can do that. I guess so. <laughs> and maybe right. next time I'll have more to talk about with my website and such because I've been really having, like, because of all the health issues and just dealing with not having a lot of energy for anything, I've really had to, like, think about what I want to do with that and what that presence is supposed to look like. So in the next month or so, I've been really looking at kind of overhauling it and maybe turning my attention to things that I had abandoned, like my writing and things like that, that I haven't really picked up in a million years. (laughs) So hopefully next time I'll have more interesting things in that area to talk about. I don't know. I thought this conversation was very fucking interesting. Oh, I did too. I I did too. (laughs) No, I certainly did. Absolutely. I, you know, no, I definitely did. I'm not, I'm not unique, so I'm sure other people found it interesting. <laughs> I think people don't realize that long haul COVID is an actual thing. So I'm right. hoping people. And it's it's classified as a syndrome now. It is it is official thing is long haul COVID syndrome. And um, my housemate actually, I haven't looked it up myself to get the details, but my housemate recently let, um, told me about an article she had come across. Uh, where they had allotted quite a bit of funding towards the study of long-haul COVID. And I don't know what the, how, what they're going to fucking do about it, because they have to do something about it. They are literally going to have a generation of disabled people in 20 years. they got to figure it out. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I haven't really looked it up to get the details or anything, but she did, you know, they are they are looking at it. They are allotting some funding towards research for it. So hopefully it's something that they can at least figure out. And, you know, at the very least, I, I, I personally need medical people to take it more seriously because I'm being very dismissed right now as far as, well, that's probably what it is, but whatever, we can't really help you off you go. And they need to not be doing that. They're being, people are very being very heavily impacted by this and they deserve to be given medical care for it. Whether you think that long haul COVID is a fucking thing or not, I don't really care. People deserve medical care. I don't. I don't care about their financial situation or their insurance. People deserve medical care. Period. They'll stop. That's the end of that Absolutely. sentence. No qualifications. Oh, oh well. You know, I, I, we could talk another two hours about single payer health care. Trust me. Oh, I'm sure. I do believe in it. Yeah, I, I, I think this whole system is built to fuck people over. But Absolutely. especially what you're talking about. I mean, this is just, you know, everything you described about being dismissed, for me, dovetails right into, you know, female and female identifying or uterine people being dismissed because of those circumstances and our health care is not being taken seriously. Uh, So as far as I'm concerned, uh, that all just fits into a, a scheme and a theme uh, that the Republican right are just loving shoving down our throats. So, yeah, oh, yeah, we could get into another one about that. But anyway, oh, yeah, that would be a yeah. whole other hour rant right there. <laughs> that's a whole, that's, and that's just the rant part. Seriously. Right. But see, I'll think, 
thank you so much for coming on. It has been, as always, I mean, I wish you were feeling better, but I get it, and I think the conversation was important. Uh, thank so, you. Uh, if other people are, if, if folks are having these weird symptoms of things and they don't know what's going on, if you have any capability of getting to a, a healthcare person that you trust, which is also hard to get to, yeah. um, please go get it checked out. It could be this long-haul COVID situation, um, but your health is so important, and as we get older, it doesn't get easier. So I, I hope everyone is at least trying to take care of themselves and their surrounding area. Anyway, Gail, thank you again, and we will talk again yes. soon. Thank you so thank much for you. having me. Bye-bye. Of course. Happy to talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, guys, I will be back on Wednesday with Laura Tempest Zakroff. We're going to talk about a new awful deck. I love it. Uh, and then I'll be back again on Thursday with the Forces team with Starbucks Samante. Until then, have a wonderful weekend. See you next week. Take care. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.